Colonial Woods Missionary Church presents Keys to Confident Living. And, uh, for those of you who uh, are new here, I'm Ann. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, it is always a privilege to be able to come in here and to share a message with you. And uh, today I am continuing the series that Pastor Phil started last week called Show and Tell. And I remember when we sat around and kind of brainstormed the idea for show and tell, uh, several of us got together kind of talking about what could be the themes and things for this series. And I'll be honest, it, it made me a little nervous because how many of you remember show and tell when you were like in kindergarten, right? Well, see, I was an introvert. I still am. Most people don't believe that. But... I, I was an introvert and I didn't like to speak in front of people and so for me, show and tell was just a nightmare. It was a bad thing, you know. I might have something I wanted to show but I certainly didn't want to tell about it. And so, uh, you know, if there was just a way to hold it up and be like, hey, this, this, this is what I got. But they always wanted me to talk. And so, it made me nervous but as, we were thinking about, as we, I was thinking about this, I thought, well, maybe some of you are like that too when you're thinking about your faith. Is that, you know, maybe the, the show and tell makes you a little nervous when you think about sharing Jesus with people. And so hopefully through this series we'll be able to, to uh, maybe ease some of those fears and maybe give you some tools to be able to share your faith naturally with people and not to, to always dread that concept. So um, this morning I, I titled my message, We've Got the Power. And uh, I don't know if any of you, as soon as I say that, a song comes to your mind. I thought about singing it, but then I realized that's really Pastor Phil's thing and sometimes Pastor Dan's, not mine. So I'm not going to sing to you this morning. Um, but this morning I want to start with talking about advertisements. Advertisements and commercials, you know, those are the things that we look forward to during the Super Bowl because we have nothing else to look forward to in the Super Bowl, right, without Detroit. It's not going to be in there. So we look forward to the commercials. And commercials and advertisements are everywhere, everywhere, in, in movies, right? I mean, they're looking for product placement. They're trying to tell us, you know, in, in the Avengers, there's, you know, Coca-Cola behind the Incredible Hulk, and somehow you're supposed to drink Coke and be the Incredible Hulk. I don't know. But they do all kinds of product placement. And, um, and I want to give you a little, bit of a, a little bit of an insight into me this morning. I'm a marketer's dream, I love commercials. I love magazines for the ads. You guys are like, you're so weird. I know, I am. But I really like to look at promo material, especially if I'm in the market for something. Um, and one of the things I'm usually in the market for is like electronics, right? My friends say that they haven't created the phone I want yet, right? It's still out there somewhere. But whenever there's like these new things, I'm always reading up on them. And, even around here, some of these people are like, if they want the same thing I want, they wait till I figure out what I'm going to buy because I do all the research. I love it, right? And, um, but here's the thing. Marketers do such a good job. They, they tell me exactly why I need their product and why it's going to change my life. But even if they've convinced me, even if they've said, yep, this is, this is what you need, and I'm like, yes, this is what I need, I do one more thing before I buy something. I go out and look at the reviews. Anybody with me? You're gonna buy something, you read the reviews. Those of you who didn't raise your hands, you should really read the reviews. 
Um, because the review section, I want to know what actual owners and users are saying about the product, right? Um, I, I want to know the people who are, are, are doing the promo, of course, they're going to tell me it's amazing. They're trying to sell me something. They're trying to get me to purchase something. So what I want to know is, does it live up to the hype? Is it exactly what they're saying it'll do? And so I look at the reviews and I read what people say about it. Let me ask you, have you ever bought something that you were disappointed? You're like, you know, like some of those things, sham wow, you know, it's like, no, where's the wow part? I'm missing the wow. Um, you know, we want to know, does it do what they say it'll do? And here's, as I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about people who are checking out Christianity and faith, they aren't any different than I am when I'm checking out a product. They want to know if what the Bible and the church tells them actually works. They want to know, does, is, do real, actual users find it to be true? Does what the Bible says actually happen? They're looking for the reviews. And do you know where they're looking? To you right? They're looking at you. Your testimony, your life is the most powerful message for a life of faith in Jesus. And quite honestly, in many ways, your endorsement is far more important than any of our staff. And then Pastor Phil, you guys are far more important. You know why? We are professional good people. <laughs> That's what we are. We're professional good people. We're the paid spokespersons for this, right? I've had people say to me, hey, of course you're going to say that you're a pastor, right? That's, that's what we get. And, and you think about commercials. Have you ever watched the commercials? They come on and then it says not actual users or actor betrayal, portrayal, right? You're like, well, I don't know if that works or not because that's just an actor telling me it works. What you really want is, hey, I use this product. This is a great product. It works in my life. You should use it. That's what they want. And that's what your testimony is. You are the real life product user. So let me ask you, how many of you would raise your hand and say that today you're really thankful that you have a relationship with Jesus and that he's a part of your life? Okay? So raising your hand, you believe that life is better with Jesus than life without him, right? In fact, many of us would say we don't understand how people live without Jesus in their life and the world that we live in, right? Um, so a lot of you raise your hands. Now, there might be someone here this morning that you're going, I don't know. I'm actually here for the reviews, right? I'm here to see if this actually works. Well, hopefully, as I talk this morning, maybe I can build a case for you if you're kind of just looking for the reviews, and hopefully you'll be able to see in lives of people around you that a life with Christ really does work. But for those of you who raise your hand and you said, you know, I'm really glad that I have Jesus in my life, you need to know something. You need to know that the world will not catch it just by the words you say. They need to see it demonstrated by the way you live. They need to see that Jesus makes a difference. It's easy to say I go to church. Lots and lots of people say they go to church. It's easy to say I'm a Christian. Lots of people say that. But what are you demonstrating to those around you about what it means to be a Christian? You know, what are you, how are you showing them the value that Jesus brings to our life. Because life's challenging, isn't it? I mean, sometimes if I'm honest, I'm not a good advertisement. You know, anybody with me, but you don't have to raise your hand, but anyone, like I might not be the best advertisement all the time, right? Um, so the question I was asking myself is, 
Is Jesus making a difference in my day-to-day life? Is he making a difference in your day-to-day life that people can see that, yes, life with Christ is better than life without him? Um, The gospel was never meant to be a doctrinal issue. Some of us, we like to argue doctrine. You know who you are, right? (laughs) We like to argue doctrine, but here's the reality. Christianity and the gospel was never meant to just be a doctrinal issue. It was meant to be a life that was lived out. And when we look at the Apostle Paul this morning, Paul was super concerned about properly presenting the gospel. Paul was all about telling people about Jesus. He was all about making sure that people knew the gospel. They understood that Jesus came and what he came to do. But Because he was like the first missionary that went out, right? But when you look at his missionary journeys, there's some interesting things when you make comparisons, particularly between two of them. And the first one that you look at in Acts chapter 17, Paul went to Athens. And while he was at Athens, he preached the gospel at a place called Mars Hill. And Mars Hill was where the philosophers and the intellectuals would get together, and they would exchange information and debate ideas. And so Paul shows up at Mars Hill, and he preaches the gospel, right? I think he gave it to him double barrel, right? It was like, boom, this is the gospel. This is who Jesus is. And he tells them everything. There was a lot of telling, right? He was talking a lot. And he gives them the story, and he starts with how God created man and, and about his relationship with mankind, and he takes them all the way through. And then he talks about Jesus and his resurrection. And in Acts 17, verse 32, it says this. It says, now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some began to mock, but others said, we shall hear you again concerning this. So Paul went out of their midst, but some men joined him and believed. And I thought it was interesting. He's he's given them the gospel. He's told them everything they need to know. Says some made fun. Others wanted to hear a bit more later. And a few believed, right? So, I mean, come on, this is Paul. If ever there's a good preacher, right? It's Paul. If we look later on in the New Testament, we see that when Paul talked, people came to Christ. So what's the difference here? And I think Paul was asking himself that question from when he left Athens and he was on his way to Corinth. I have a feeling, because this is what speakers and preachers do. We, after we're done, we go, what could I have done differently, right? We do that. So he's thinking to himself, what could I have done differently? I mean, a few people responded, not a lot of people What do I do? And I think he was making some decisions about how he was going to share the gospel from now on. So he gets to Corinth. And by the way, he ends up staying in Corinth for a really long time because amazing things happen as he begins to preach the gospel there. But we see a shift in how Paul presents the gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. It says this, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. He decides, he says, listen, I'm not going to tell you everything I know. I'm going to leave room for the power of God. I'm going to leave room for the demonstration of what God can do in your lives. And, and he says people's faith should not be on the wisdom of men. It should be on the power of God. And it's not that we don't teach well. It's not that we don't want to preach well. It's not that we don't want to share our faith well and be able to explain to people what life with Christ is like and how to enter into that. 
But we have to leave room for the power of God. We have to demonstrate that he is going to do something in their lives and in our lives. We preach the gospel of the kingdom and we demonstrate its effects. Right? They need to see that it does something in our life. It's not just words. It's not just a service we come to and sit through. It's actually day-to-day practical. Life with Christ is practical. So how do we demonstrate the Spirit's power in our lives when we're sharing our faith and when we're living out in the world? Well, number one, you have to remember, in Romans chapter 8, it tells us that the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Right? The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. That means that you carry around with you the Holy Spirit. It's one of the gifts when you come to Christ. It says that the Spirit of God takes up residence in you. It means that he empowers you to do things. He empowers you to understand things. He empowers you to speak out, to do all kinds of stuff. But here's what I think is a lot of times we we carry the Holy Spirit around with us, but we never actually utilize him for anything. We kind of do our own thing. We get, we're like, oh, we never even think about asking the Holy Spirit to participate and help us in our life. But we have to, if we're going to live lives that demonstrate that life with Jesus is better than life without him, we need to walk in the, spirit of the, um, in the power of the Holy Spirit and demonstrate that it makes a difference. And the Holy Spirit gives us um, the ability to live a life that will draw people in. It gives us more than just words. It gives us the power to live contrary to the world we live in right? And so I was looking through and thinking, okay, what are the things that he gives us the power to do? Well, in Galatians chapter 5, gives us a great uh, set of things that he empowers us to do. It's uh, verses 22 to 25 in Galatians 5. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So he says, listen, these are the things that God enables you to do in a supernatural way to live a life that demonstrates that Jesus makes a difference. So the first one, let me highlight a few of these to make it practical. Joy, right? He says, one of the fruits of the Spirit walking with the Lord is joy. Have you ever met people who are joyful? Right, like irritatingly joyful? You know some of those people? We work with a couple here, right? Um, you know, they're like, yes, yay, you know, and you're like, yeah, life's not that great. Yeah, but God is good. You know, and you're like, shut up, right? Um, and really they're doing the right thing, right? They're walking in joy and you're not. And if, if, if my shut up offended you, I apologize. Um, but... But one of the blessings of the power of the Holy Spirit is we get joy in our lives. And it's not because life is perfect, but it's because we have a Savior who loves us and is involved in our life, right? It's not that things are always great. um, But the question then is, are we living a life that models joy, or are we living a life of Eeyore? Winnie the Pooh, right? Eeyore, the elephant. I lost my tail. Everything's horrible. Right? Sometimes I think as Christians we walk around like everything's terrible. No, there's joy. There should be joy as a Christian, right? Because God loves you. He's got a plan for you. He's he's provided a way for you. And David wrote, and I love this verse, David wrote in Psalms 51, 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation. See, some of us, we're, we're not feeling joyful and we need to be like David and say, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And he goes on, he says, and make me willing to obey you. Oh, 
I like the restoring the joy, but what about this obey part? Well, in John chapter 15, Jesus says, he talks about the vine and the branches, and he says, he's the vine and we're the branches. If we remain in him, we'll bear much fruit. Bearing fruit is really just another way of saying making a difference to the world around us by the way we live that draws people to Jesus. But he goes on in verse 10 and 11, and he says, if you keep my commands... You will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He says, so if you want to have joy, we need to walk in the ways of God. We need to remain steadfast to our faith, holding on to the truths of the Bible. Let me tell you, church, one of the things that concerns me is how many uh, people I'm hearing who are believers that are going, well, maybe we are reading the Bible wrong. Maybe we're misunderstanding it trying to change it to make it palatable to a culture that doesn't like the truth of Scripture. No, we need to hold to the truth of the Word of God. We need to walk in its ways. We need to obey it. We need to to make it a part of our life and stay steadfast. But how do we do that in a world that's trying to change it? Well, we have to stay faithful to the Word of God by seeking the power of the Holy Spirit to to keep us uh, focused, keep us in the Word of God, keep us... um, online with the truth, right? It's so easy to get off truth and we need to stay in the Bible. If you have a Bible, you should be reading it. This seems like a no-brainer, right? We should be reading it, but we don't always do that. So he says, if you want to have joy so that we can demonstrate it to people around us, we're going to walk in the truth of, the, of, of God. We're going to remind, have him remind us. The Holy Spirit's going to go re, re, restore the joy of my salvation, remind me to walk in obedience, remind me to stay in the word of God so that I can walk in joy and I can show that to others around me. Here's another one, peace. He says, I give you a supernatural peace. The world is sorely lacking in peace today, right? Um, the Global Peace Index says that the world is less peaceful today than any time in the last decade. Thank you for that, right? I don't think we need a global index to tell us. In fact, I think it's not just the last decade. We've been in a place where peace has not been around for quite a while. And this causes a lot of people to live with fear and anxiety. Many people find themselves in that today, even in the church. In fact, around uh, statistics say that 40 million adults in the U.S. are dealing with anxiety disorders. That's almost one in every five people. And, um, and there, is, there is a place for... Uh, medicine and things when people are dealing with anxiety issues that are chemical imbalances. But sometimes I think we get full of anxiety and fear, not because of something medical, but something that we're spiritual, that we're not focusing on the right things. The world's looking for peace, and the question is, can they find it in us? Are we doing something to cultivate peace in our lives? We live in the same world with same crazy stuff happening, right? But are we able to walk with peace? Jesus tells us that we can. In Matthew chapter 24, 6, it says, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. In John 14, 27, it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Uh, Philippians 4, 7 through 9 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He says, listen, Paul says, you can have a peace that passes all understanding, even in the midst of all the craziness. He says, you can do that. We do it by using the power of the Holy Spirit to keep our minds on the right things, because that verse continues, and it says, finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the, and the God of peace will be with you. He says, that's an awful lot of things. He says, listen, you're thinking about the wrong stuff. You're focused on what's going on in the world. He says, listen, I want you to think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy, things that um, are true and noble and right, right? And where do we find those things? In the word of God. We stay in the word of God. We say, Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, help me as I spend time in the word to think the correct things, to keep focused on what you're telling me is true, not on what the world is telling me true is true. We spend time praying and seeking things and getting his perspective. We have to have God's perspective on things, not man's perspective. Don't, you don't want the news's perspective, right? Because everything is terrible. But if you get the Lord's perspective, he goes, I'm still in control. You can have peace. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in me. See, we should be demonstrating peace to a world around us. People should be looking at us going, how come you're not worried? Because I trust in the Lord. He's, got, he's given me a peace. He fills us with it, and then it overflows out of us into other people. That's the goal. Remember, we're the advertisement. They're looking at us for reviews. Can you find peace in Christ? Yes. But are we demonstrating that? Another one I wasn't really thrilled about is patience. Did you know, did you know that demonstrating patience in an impatient world is a great way to show Jesus to people, Right? But patience is not like something that is always easy to do. And sometimes it's like we're impatient. We live in an impatient world. Um, impatience on the road. Anybody? Right? See, here's one of the things. You will never see a Jesus sticker on my car. <laughs> Ever. Because I might not be always a good witness if I have a Jesus sticker. It's like, you know, the sticker, follow me to church. Oh, I'll follow you to church, all right. Right? You just cut me off. Right? <laughs> we need to make sure that we're, we, we are demonstrating patience. One of the ways for the world to see a difference in us is that we are able to live with patience. The Holy Spirit gives us the power. I say a supernatural power to live with patience. Paul says in Colossians 1, he says, Paul prayed for the church, and I think he prayed for us. He says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for praying. You know, you know not to pray for patience, right? Because God gives you opportunities to practice. Paul's here praying for all of us. Give him endurance and patience. Thank you, Paul. So, um, but he says, listen, he says, in chapter 3, he goes on and he says, listen, but not only, you know, will you have patience in the church, you have to clothe yourself in patience. Did you know that when I came this morning, I actually, like, picked out my outfit, right? Picked out a shirt, picked out pants, put them on. He says, in the same way, we need to clothe ourselves in patience. 
Oh, that means I'm intentionally doing that in the morning. When I get up, Lord, clothe me with patience. Give me the ability to be patient in an impatient world. He says that's what we need to do. And when we do that, we demonstrate that life with Jesus is different than life without him. So we do that so we'll bear fruit. We want our lives to match our words, right? And um, so if you struggle with being patient, guess what? You can ask the Holy Spirit who lives in you to give you supernatural ability to be patient. See, a lot of times I think we struggle because we're trying to do this all on our own. We're trying to be patient. We're trying to be joyful. We're trying to be whatever, peaceful, all by ourselves. And he says, no, I'm right here. I'm living with you. I want to empower you to do that. Another one that he mentions in in Galatians chapter 5 is kindness. The definition of kindness is the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. See, like, I feel like I almost didn't need to mention this one, except I do. Um, Because it seems like it's not too much to ask for Christians, who people who say they love Jesus, to be friendly, generous, and considerate. And yet, sometimes, right, we're not always kind We're not always friendly, right? We're not always considerate. And so the reality is just saying, Lord, help me to be kind today. In in spite of unkind people, you know you're going to run into unkind people, right? You're going to run into those jerks out there. Help me to be kind. Help me to be loving and gracious, right? And if it's a struggle, lean into the power of the Spirit who gives you that life and gives you the power to show kindness to others in spite of the circumstances. Another area, self-control. Self-control in the areas of our behaviors is important, but I want to focus on something else that I see as a problem today in the world we live in and, and also in the churches, in the areas of our speech. My goodness, we have become a world where um, people think they're entitled to say whatever they want, no matter how nasty, no matter how hateful, right? Right? We just think that, you know, by the way, if you think everyone needs to know what you're thinking all the time, they don't. <laughs> they don't. Like if you're upset with somebody, keep it to yourself, right? You don't have to tell everybody everything all the time. People just don't need to know that. But here's a verse that really hits me. James chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. It says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, We curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Right? This should not be. We should not be here on Sundays praising the Lord and then later on cursing somebody out. Um, And I see it, guys. I'm on Facebook, right? As Christians, as followers of Jesus, we should be seeking to walk in self-control, especially in the things we say to people, in person and online, right? Um, This area is pretty messy right now. We've lost all self-control. We sit and we type away on our Facebook page, our Twitter feed, you know, and we're like, we've got all kinds of things to say about everything, you know, and you're this, and you're a jerk, and I've, I've seen some things, and there's some, you know, maybe some F-bombs and some things flying that would never be flying in person, but you say it online, and then, and then you go, what? It's just an opinion, right? We need to be self-control in our speech. 
As Christians, there shouldn't be hateful things coming off of your Facebook page, off of your Twitter feed, off of your Instagram. I get it, you don't agree with everyone, I get it. In this room, you've got people, we are on all different sides of different issues, right? There's no reason just because you don't agree with someone to write hateful stuff on their wall, to call them out on things if you don't agree with it. You know, we have people say, oh, I can't believe you're a Christian, I saw what you put on your face. Literally, shut up. <laughs> There's no other way to say that. We have lost our ability to self-control our mouths. And here's the thing. I want you to understand that if you want to show the world that Jesus makes a difference in your life, you need to be really intentional about the things you speak, about the things that you put out in cyberspace because this is what I know. It's hard for the world to believe Jesus makes a difference when we say things that are just downright hateful. What do they want that for? When you say, I go to church and I'm a Christian and, and I'm, I'm a, you know, yay, praise the Lord, right? And yet, you write hateful stuff. You put out hateful stuff. You're nasty. Remember, the world is looking for a review, of whether or not this works. And your life and your testimony are the review. And they're going, well, <laughs> I'm not sure if Jesus makes much of a difference because look at this. Look at what's out here. Look at what they're saying. Look at how they're treating people. And I don't know, right? We have to be really careful. How do we oper operate with self-control in our lives? Well, <laughs> number one, when it comes to our speech, Ask the Lord to put a filter on it, right? Put a filter on my mouth. Some of you need to put a filter on your fingers, right? Lord, before I type this out, before I send this out, because here's the thing, you're going to get upset, okay? You're going to see stuff that irritates you. You're going to see things that you don't agree with. You're going to see people who you're like, I can't believe they said that. And you're going to want to do what? Right? You're going to want to say something. Before you send it, before you type it, say, Lord, Holy Spirit living in me, is this something that needs to be said? Is this something I need to do or should I just like stop? Hit erase, backspace, right? Some of us need to use the backspace button way more than we do. Let's back it up, people, right? We need to be careful. Why? Simply because the world is looking at your life and you're saying you're a Christian, and they're going, does it make a difference? We can't be lazy, church. We can't just sit back and go, well, I'm going to do whatever I want, and hope, you know, but I love Jesus. Oh, hey, let me, tell you about, let me tell you about having a relationship with Jesus. They're like, yeah, no thanks. I'm not seeing how that's beneficial. This is just a challenge, right, for us to look at our life and go, hey, Holy Spirit, how am I doing? Do I have self-control in my life? Am I operating with joy? Do I have peace? Or am I as anxious as everyone else? Am I being kind? Do I have patience? These are just some of them. There's more listed in that passage. But that leads me to the, to the last thought I have this morning that, that is love. Right? Jesus is love. We talk about love wins. We talk about all kinds of things about love. But are we acting with love? Are we responding with love? In 1 Corinthians 13, 1, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, 
but I do not have love. I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. See, what he's saying is I can do an awful lot of talking. I can talk, 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 but if I'm not behaving with love, if I'm not treating people with love, if I'm not being kind, if I'm not demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit, it's just empty words. There's nothing for people to go, yes, I really want what they have. They're like, no, I don't want what they have because they're kind of mean and hateful. And I think sometimes the church universal has gotten that, that bad rap because some people have been very angry and hateful instead of loving and kind. And here's the beautiful thing. In your world, you can be different. You can be the Christian that people go, whoa, you're not like all the other Christians I thought about. No, I'm, I'm trying to follow Jesus. I'm trying to be like Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 13, it goes on in verses 4 to 7. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Well, that's a tall order, isn't it? If my life's an example, this is an awful lot to do. How do we love in this way? We do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you, wants to empower you to be all of these things. He doesn't expect you to be perfect, but he expects you to be moving forward, trying, trying to be loving. Doesn't mean that there won't be days that I'm not, maybe I'm unkind, but I'm trying to be kind. There's gonna be days that I maybe am impatient, but I'm really trying to be patient. There's gonna be days I get worried and fearful and I'm kind of dealing with anxiety, but man, I'm continuing to stay in the word, trying to stay focused, trying to keep my, my mind on truth, on the things that Jesus tells me are true. Because here's the bottom line, you have what the world needs. You have the relationship with Jesus that the world needs. And you, many of you raised your hand and said you are so thankful that you have Jesus in your life. And you said that life with Jesus was better than life without him. And what the world wants to know and what they want to see is does, it, does the product live up to the hype? Is what the Bible tells them and what the church tells them, does that actually play out in real people's lives? Does it really make a difference? They're looking at you for a review. They're looking at you going, does this work? And sometimes it means that we say, I screwed up. Sometimes it means that we say, I didn't do this right, I'm so sorry. I wasn't loving, I wasn't kind, I wasn't peaceful, I wasn't, I wasn't just love to you. Sometimes we need to do that because we are the real product users and we know that this is a value, that life with Jesus has value. The question I have tonight for you is, are you allowing, the, or this morning, is are you allowing the Holy Spirit to empower you to live a life that truly shows the world that life with Jesus is far better with him than without him? That's the challenge. Does your life demonstrate that Jesus makes a difference? And some of us, we're gonna ask the Holy Spirit and he's gonna go, you're doing good. And some of us are gonna ask the Holy Spirit and he's gonna go, um, there's some room for improvement. There's some things that you haven't really been turning over to me. There's some things that, that maybe there's some rough edges and I wanna kinda work on those. And he's gonna give you some things to help you. 
but he's always with you. He's always in you. He's always wanting to empower you to be who you're supposed to be, to represent Jesus well. And so that's a gift that we carry around with us all the time. Let's not ignore him. Let's remember that we do have the power for that. And if there's somebody here this morning who they're going, you know, I'm hearing it. I've never really committed my life to Christ, but it sounds good. I'd like to talk a little bit more about that. There'll be people down here this morning to, to talk with you if you have some questions or if you just wanna explore this a little bit more. There's the altar will be open as well for those of you who wanna come down and go, you know what, Lord, I haven't been really living a good advertisement. I really haven't been. If people are looking at me, they maybe don't want the product. Great, today's a great day to, to get going in the right direction again, right? Because here's the thing, we have a God who loves us. We have um, a Savior who came and died for us. Give us the ability to live above the average, to be able to make a difference, to be able to show the world that Jesus is valuable in our lives, that he does change our lives for the better. So I just challenge you this week to consider that. What are some things, Lord, if I was going to be a good advertisement are there things I need to change or am I doing okay? Let's pray. God, we thank you for just all that you bring to our lives. Lord, we thank you for your son coming to die on the cross. We thank you for the, the Holy Spirit residing in us, the gift of him that when we come to you, he takes up residence in our hearts. And Lord, he empowers us to live a life that's different, empowers us to live a life that is um, full of joy and love and peace and kindness and patience and self-control. Lord, you give us that ability. And Lord, would you help us to push into that? Help us to utilize that power in our lives, not to ignore it, but to embrace it and allow you to help us live supernaturally in a world that isn't patient to be patient, that isn't kind to be kind, that isn't always loving to be loving. Lord, help us to represent you well. There's a world watching. Help us to be a good review, to show them that you do matter and you are valuable. And relationship with you is better than life without you. We love you. We are so blessed to be your kids. In Jesus' name, amen. Colonial Woods Missionary Church presents Keys to Confident Living.